The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Well, it's another day to get creative with your menu as you abstain from meat. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. Friday of the second week of Lent. In the Missal, it's liturgical year A, cycle one. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. Our saint today is St. John Ogilvy. Born in 1579, he belonged to Scottish nobility. He was raised a Calvinist, but was impressed with the faith of the martyrs. So he decided to become a Catholic. He was received into the church at Louvain, sought admission into the Jesuits, was ordained at Paris in 1610, and asked to be sent to Scotland. He hoped some Catholic nobles there would aid him given his lineage. He found none. He went to London, then back to Paris, finally back to Scotland. He brought many people back to the faith, but he was betrayed by one posing as a Catholic. He was tortured, convicted of high treason because he converted Protestants to the Catholic faith, as well as denied the king's spiritual jurisdiction, and he condemned the oaths of supremacy and allegiance. St. John Ogilvy was hanged at Glasgow in 1615 at the age of 36. St. John Ogilvy, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I unite myself to your perpetual, unceasing, universal sacrifice I offer myself to you every day of my life and every moment of every day according to your most holy and adorable will. Since you have been the victim of my salvation, I wish to be the victim of your love. Accept my desire, take my offering, and graciously hear my prayer. Let me live for love of you. Let me die for love of you. Let my last heartbeat be an act of perfect love. Amen. And with Pope Francis, we pray for those who have suffered harm from members of the Church. May they find within the Church herself a concrete response to their pain and suffering. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the Gospel of the Day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Yesterday the Lord told us about the parable of the two sons who were asked by their father to go into the vineyard and work. Well, one said yes, but he didn't go. And the other said no, but repented after and did in fact go. So the image of the vineyard comes out often in Scripture, and we see it again today, but in a little bit more detail. Now the focus is on how the owner entrusted his carefully cured high-end vineyard to a bunch of good-for-nothings, good-for-nothing tenants. So when the Lord recounted this story, people must have just been seething with anger at the injustice and the violence with which the tenants treated the servants, these servants who worked in the vineyard of the landowner. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a city guy. I 
grew up in the city. And for us city people, well, we see fields on excursion days. And we, I mean, hardly, at least me, I hardly have an idea of the riches that these vineyards provide to us. Imagine these large fields that you pass by on the highway. They're all well protected with fences. There's video surveillance. There's security. There's a special irrigation system to keep the whole area lush and fruitful. And some of these places even have parking areas so the tourists can come and learn, you know, what it's like to make wine. And they see all the hard work that goes into producing such delicacies. And the harvest time, they see, is a very specially busy time as the grapes are loaded into these trucks and right at the right time, and then they're cast in these large crates, and then they're carefully selected, and they're produced just like the finest reserve wine. And some of these vineyards, they even use these large windmills that are turned on during the harvest so as to dry off the dew that is collected on these grapes, just so that even the slightest moisture does not kind of dilute the rich taste of the grapes. All I see is just a nicely designed bottle of Chardonnay at supper, or a Merlot, or maybe a Shiraz. That's all I see. And I don't think of the field. I just wonder, will this go well with my prosciutto and with my salad? That's about as far as I go. But the people listening, they would have understood that the vineyard that the Jesus was speaking about and the servants on that, that the vineyards was, was Israel. And the tenants to whom God has given the care of his people are the priests and scribes and the elders. I think they would have understood this pretty much right away. Because they had been given the responsibility to nurture and squeeze out all the juice out of the law of Moses and to make it truly lovable. But somehow, and that's what the Lord is suggesting here, somehow they failed. And the Pharisees, as they were hearing this, they clearly understood Jesus' criticism. So Jesus describes how the owner used to send his servants from time to time to collect the fruit. Seems to describe the mission of the prophets. You know, the, the, the servants are sent to the vineyard, but they're killed. Well, so too, the, the prophets of old were killed. And how malicious the tenants became when they even killed the son of the owner. That's what the Lord recounts. They killed the son of the owner. And well, of course, we immediately understand that this son refers to Jesus Christ himself. refers to you, Lord Jesus. And so the parable says, they cast him out of the vineyard and they killed him. It's a clear reference to Christ's crucifixion, which took place outside of the walls of Jerusalem, just like outside of the walls of this vineyard. So as Jesus describes this incredible situation, he prophesizes the punishment that God will inflict on those evildoers. He says, he will put them to death and rent the vineyard to others. It's a, it's a pretty like, significant prophecy that is later picked up by St. Peter in, when he speaks to the Sanhedrin in the Acts of the Apostles. He said, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, but which has become this, the cornerstone. So he, he's referring to Jesus as the cornerstone. The stone, the cornerstone, is Jesus of Nazareth. But the architects of Israel who built up and ruled the people, they have scrapped him and they have laid him aside. Because of their unfaithfulness, the kingdom of God will be turned over to another people, the Gentiles. Well, that's us, who will give God the fruit that he expects 
his vineyard to yield. So for the building to be well built, it needs to rest on this cornerstone. What does this tell us? Well, the most important stone of the church is Christ himself and, of course, his teaching. But he must also be the most fundamental stone on which we build up our life, our interior life, so that it be solid and we develop this really unshakable confidence in his plan for us, his providential plan for us. Because he's the cornerstone of our life. And you've seen this. I mean, all buildings have some areas that are important and other areas are not that important. Some areas look like very decorative and they look very nice. But even if these pieces were to fall off or, or were to be removed, well, the, this, the building would still stand. And if we compare our life to a building, there are things that, well, with time, we will lose or hardships that we will experience. Like we could experience an illness or the loss of a loved one or perhaps some professional failure. Or maybe it could happen. We experience some form of exhaustion that could even lead to a depression. And in front of something like a depression, we can't just like pull ourselves together and shake it off as though it were like the dew that had accumulated on those grapes and that could dilute the wine. We can't just shake that off or blow it off with that fan. But even if our faith is diluted or tested by these things, these hardships in life, we must remember Jesus is always close to us. He is always with us. He holds us in his arms and he will fan away any dew that has weakened our faith in him. Look at all the things in your life that have rendered your building a bit maybe shaky as though the very foundations had been affected. All those things. And we've all received good things, like friends and family, but we sometimes forget all those good things. It's always the bad things that we seem to remember. You know, if somebody said something very unpleasant to us, or we suffered some kind of an injustice, or if somebody didn't help us when we asked for their help, I mean, that maybe saddens us, but sometimes we might even... You know, that might even be an added element that makes it worse and that we feel like we are victims of an injustice. But, well, what can, what can we do? There are times when injustice has happened and, and at times we are indeed victims of injustice. And that's just part of life. In some ways it's part of God's plan for us. It's just part of life. But other times, you know, these injustices, they're not so much injustices. Other times... No, it's just, it's like, it's not an injustice that you have a problem or that you, that you suffer a health problem. Or at least most of the time, it's not necessarily an injustice. It's not an injustice that somebody can't necessarily help you or can't make, do you a favor. I mean, it's a favor. We're not necessarily entitled to that help or that favor. And it is not an injustice that God might permit certain things in our life that make us suffer, that you may not understand why God permits these things. Good things happen to us, bad things happen to us, but Lord, you are always, you are always the cornerstone that is always there no matter what. He always accompanies us in our vineyard, and we don't want to throw him out because he will always be the cornerstone of our life. Jesus, you are 
the cornerstone that holds everything together. Let's see if we have rejected him lately in some way. And if we suffer something, we may not understand why God permits this. But, you know, he has his reasons, even though we don't understand. He is the cornerstone, and not only that, but he is the architect of our own life. Let's trust that he knows what he is doing. We need not understand the blueprint perfectly. He will take care of us, and the building will not fall. Let's just trust in him. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour, and this is Daybreak. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on Friday of the second week of Lent. I'm Paul Sadek. We join the whole church now in prayer as we begin the day of prayer, the liturgical day. Led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and And my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. The Lord's is the earth and and all its fullness, the the world and all its peoples. It is He who set it on the seas, On the waters he made it firm. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Who Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. Come, Let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. He shall receive blessings from the Lord, and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him, seek the face of the God of Jacob. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. O gates, lift lift high your heads, grow grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war. Come. Let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. O gates, lift high your heads, grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies. He is the King of glory. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. 
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship Christ the Lord, who for our sake endured temptation and suffering. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a weight too heavy to bear. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, in in your anger, do do not punish me. Lord, you know all my longings. Lord, you know all my longings. My wounds are foul and festering, the result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. O Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand afar off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm, planning treachery all the day long. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know all my longings. I confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. I confess confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for for you are my Savior. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me. I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. Lord, 
they repay me evil for good and attack me for seeking what is right. O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Do not abandon us, Lord our God. You did not forget the broken body of your Christ, nor the mockery his love received. We, your children, are weighed down with sin. Give us the fullness of your mercy. I confess confess my my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for for you you are my Savior. Turn back to the Lord your God. He He is is kind and and merciful. A reading from the book of Exodus. In the third month after their departure from the land of Egypt, on its first day, the Israelites came to the desert of Sinai. After the journey from Rephidim to the desert of Sinai, they pitched camp. While Israel was encamped here in front of the mountain, Moses went up the mountain to God. Then the Lord called to him and said, Thus shall you say to the house of Jacob, Tell the Israelites, You have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians and how I bore you up on eagle wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, If you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all other people, though the whole earth is mine. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. That is what you must tell the Israelites. So Moses went and summoned the elders of the people. When he set before them all that the Lord had ordered him to tell them, the people all answered together, Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Then Moses brought back to the Lord the response of the people. The Lord also told him, I am coming to you in a dense cloud so that when the people hear me speaking with you, they may always have faith in you also. When Moses then had reported to the Lord the response of the people, the Lord added, Go to the people and have them sanctify themselves today and tomorrow. Make them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai before the eyes of all the people. Set limits for the people all around the mountain and tell them, Take care not to go up the mountain or even to touch its base. If anyone touches the mountain, he must be put to death. No hand shall touch him. He must be stoned to death or killed with arrows. Such a one, man or beast, must not be allowed to live. 
only when the ram's horn resounds, may they go up to the mountain. Then Moses came down from the mountain to the people and had them sanctify themselves and wash their garments. He warned them, Be ready for the third day. Have no intercourse with any woman. On the morning of the third day there were peals of thunder and lightning and a heavy cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. But Moses led the people out of the camp to meet God, and they stationed themselves at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was all wrapped in smoke, for the Lord came down upon it in fire. The smoke rose from it as though from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. The trumpet blast grew louder and louder while Moses was speaking, and God answering him with thunder. When the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the trumpet blast, and the mountains smoking, they all feared and trembled. So they took up a position much farther away and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But let not God speak to us, or we shall die. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come to you only to test you and put his fear upon you, lest you should sin. Still, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the cloud where God was. If you do what I tell you and keep my covenant, out of all the nations you will be my own possession, dearer to me than any other people. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a consecrated nation. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a people God has claimed as his own. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a consecrated nation. From the Treaties Against Heresies by St. Irenaeus, Bishop. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says to the people, The Lord your God made a covenant on Horeb. He made this covenant not with your fathers, but with you. Why did God make this covenant with their fathers? Because the law is not aimed at the righteous. Their fathers were righteous. They had the power of the Decalogue implanted in their hearts and in their souls. That is, they loved the God who made them and did nothing unjust against their neighbor. For this reason, they did not need to be admonished by written rebukes. They had the righteousness of the law in their hearts. When this righteousness and love for God had passed into oblivion and been extinguished in Egypt, God had necessarily to reveal himself through his own voice out of his great love for men. He led the people out of Egypt in power 
so that man might once again become God's disciple and follower. He made them afraid as they listened, to warn them not to hold their Creator in contempt. He fed them with manna that they might receive spiritual food. In the book of Deuteronomy, Moses says, He fed you with manna, which your fathers did not know, that you might understand that man will not live by bread alone, but will live by every word of God coming from the mouth of God. He commanded them to love himself and train them to practice righteousness toward their neighbor, so that man might not be unrighteous or unworthy of God. Through the Decalogue, he prepared man for friendship with himself and for harmony with his neighbor. This was to man's advantage, though God needed nothing from man. This raised man to glory, for it gave him what he did not have, friendship with God. But it brought no advantage to God, for God did not need man's love. Man did not possess the glory of God, nor could he attain it by any other means than through obedience to God. This is why Moses said to the people, Choose life that you may live and your descendants too. Love the Lord your God. Hear his voice and hold fast to him, for this is life for you and length of days. This was the life that the Lord was preparing man to receive when he spoke in person and gave the words of the Decalogue for all alike to hear. These words remain with us as well. They were extended and amplified through his coming in the flesh, but not annulled. God gave to the people separately through Moses the commandments that enslave. These were precepts suited to their instruction or their condemnation. As Moses said, The Lord commanded me at that time to teach you precepts of righteousness and of judgment. The precepts that were given them to enslave and to serve as a warning have been canceled by the new covenant of freedom. The precepts that belong to man's nature and to freedom and to all alike have been enlarged and broadened. Through the adoption of sons, God had enabled man so generously and bountifully to know him as father, to love him with his whole heart, and to follow his word unfailingly. Moses, the servant of the Lord, fasted for forty days and forty nights. To prepare himself to receive the law of the Lord. Moses went up Mount Sinai to the Lord and stayed there forty days and forty nights. To prepare himself to receive the law of the Lord. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that purifying us by the sacred practice of penance, you may lead us in sincerity of heart to attain the holy things to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 
22 minutes before the hour, we'll check out today's gospel in just a few minutes, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on Friday, March 10th, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible. It's the parable of the wicked tenants from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Hear another parable. There was a householder who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it, and built a tower, and let it out to tenants, and went into another country. When the season of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. The tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Afterward, He sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. When, therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Have you never read in the scriptures, the very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, The kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing the fruits of it. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. But when they tried to arrest him, they feared the multitudes because they held him to be a prophet. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Well, it may seem obvious, but we have to be willing to call sin, sin. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 2, Lent and Eastertide. restoration of a proper sense of sin is the first step that must be taken in facing the grave spiritual crisis looming over man today. To face up to this fight against venial sin in a determined way, one must recognize venial sin for what it is, an offense against God which delays and can prevent union with Him. One must call it by its name, without excuses, without reducing the transcendental importance it has for a soul truly wishing to go to God. Flashes of anger, promptings of envy, or sensuality not immediately rejected, a desire to be the center of attention or attraction, not being concerned with anyone but oneself or with anything but our own interest, and losing the capacity for being interested in others. Acts of piety performed out of routine with little attention and even less love. 
inconsiderately rash and less than charitable judgments about others. These are not faults or mere imperfections, but venial sin. We ought to ask the Holy Spirit to help us sincerely recognize our faults and our sins, to have a sensitive conscience which seeks pardon and does not look for ways to justify our errors. As St. Augustine says, he who has a healthy intuition of soul will feel how sins hurt. The saints have understood with noonday clarity and the light of love and of faith that a single sin, especially mortal, but venial too, is a disorder greater than any cataclysm which lays waste the natural world. For the goodness of grace in one single person is greater than the material good of the entire universe. May we foster a sincere repentance for our faults and sins. May we fight to eradicate routine when we turn to the sacrament of divine mercy. However small the sins that you may confess may be, always have sincere sorrow for them, together with a firm resolution to correct them in the future. Many who confess their venial sins out of custom and concern for order but without thought of amendment remain burdened with them for their whole lives and thus lose many spiritual benefits and advantages. The Virgin Mary, refuge of sinners, will help us to have a refined conscience, to love Christ and all men, to be sincere with ourselves, and in confession, to recount our weaknesses and to know how to repent promptly for them. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes before the hour, and we join the whole church in prayer now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org, a lay apostolate promoting the prayer of the Liturgy of the Hours by all of the faithful as we join together in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done that you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. 
but a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. Even Even in in your your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O Lord, I have heard your renown and feared, O Lord, your work. In the course of the years, revive it. In the course of the years, make it known. In your wrath, remember compassion. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Covered are the heavens with his glory, and with his praise the earth is filled. His splendor spreads like the light. Rays shine forth from beside him, where his power is concealed. You come forth to save your people, to save your anointed one. You tread the sea with your steeds amid the churning of the deep waters. I hear, and my body trembles. At the sound, my lips quiver. Decay invades my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. I await the day of distress that will come upon the people who attack us. For though the fig tree blossom not, nor fruit be on the vines, Though the yield of the olive fail and the terraces produce no nourishment, though the flocks disappear from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and exalt in my saving God. God, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet swift as those of hinds and enables me to go upon the height. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Even Even in your your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Zion, praise your God. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with the finest wheat. 
He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost by gashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you established peace within the borders of Jerusalem. Give the fullness of peace now to your faithful people. May peace rule us in this life and possess us in eternal life. You are about to fill us with the best of wheat. Grant that what we see dimly now as in a mirror, we may come to perceive clearly in the brightness of your truth. Oh, praise the Lord, Jerusalem. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Through his suffering... My servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide spoils with the mighty, because he has surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked. And he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God himself will set me free from the hunter's snare. God God himself will set me free from from the hunter's hunter's snare. snare. From those who would trap me with lying words. And And from from the the hunter's hunter's snare. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. God himself will set me free from from the hunter's snare. He will bring those evil men to an evil end and entrust his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the harvest at the proper season. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old, that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, 
and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. He will bring those evil men to an evil end, and entrust his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the harvest at the proper season. Let us pray to Christ our Savior, who redeemed us by his death and resurrection. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. You went up to Jerusalem to suffer, and so entered into your glory. Bring your church to the Passover feast of heaven. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. You were lifted high on the cross and pierced by the soldier's lance. Heal our wounds. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. You made the cross the tree of life. Give its fruit to those reborn in baptism. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. On the cross you forgave the repentant thief. Forgive us our sins. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. And to these intercessions we pause to add the prayers of our own hearts. Lord, Lord, have have mercy mercy on us. Now let us pray as Christ the Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, purifying us by the sacred practice of penance, you may lead us in sincerity of heart to attain the holy things to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Hey, the weekend is right around the corner. Keep it holy. And don't eat any meat today. If you don't eat meat anyway, abstain from something else. Morning Air is next. I'm Paul Sadek. Let's do this again tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out and make it a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. 10 Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio.